Sunbelt Federal Credit Union has special deals on certificates of deposit. For 10 months, you could get a return of 5.27% annual percentage yield. And Sunbelt offers an amazing 5.33% annual percentage yield for 18 months. Visit a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location today or learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. $500 minimum deposit. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Radio side going now. So that way we can get Bill WD-40 into the chat room. So that way he can lube us up for tonight's show because you always want to go into a show nice and smooth if you know what I'm talking about. All right. And there's Hi Bill WD-40. That's beautiful, Bill WD-40. And we got 30 seconds here. So let's trounce on down and see what else we got here. And let's see, got you all, got you all, got you all. Chris, welcome to SOR Chat. Paul the W, welcome back. We missed you, my dear. UFO Golden, welcome to SOR Chat. And um, we have five seconds. Can we do this? More of this, more of that. Welcome to SOR Chat. Do me a favor, everybody. Horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on Patreon, the SOR Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show of information for you tonight. Lon Strickler from Phantoms and Monsters is going to be here momentarily. Then in hour number three, we got a great story from Among the Missing and Steve Stockton, followed up by Little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report. Yes, it is that time of the month where we say hello to the man, the myth, and the bearded cryptid legend, Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com, where he joins us to talk about the monsters that walk among us each and every time on Strange Days. This is a continuing show that Lon's been doing for a couple years with us near the end of each month, and every time he's on here, the place is jam-packed in our chat room for people who have major questions about major sponsors and major, major advertisements of monsters that are walking among us. Yep. Lon has the direct path to all of these. You can find his books on phantomsandmonsters.com or on Amazon. The legend, Lon Strickler. 
How you doing, my friend? Good to see you back. I'm doing okay, Dave. Good to be here, as always. Yeah, you know, I mean, I got so perplexed uh, that you were coming on the show, and it's so excited, I actually forgot my intro. So I had to make something up there, and uh, I think I butchered it with the yeah, sponsors well, and everything. But that's okay. That's Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. You know, bad radio, bad bad start to this week. But nonetheless, Lon, it's always a pleasure to have you here, my man. And and you know what? The spookiness keeps coming. It never ends. We're heading into Halloween month here, pretty darn quick. And you know, the stories of ghost ghouls and goblins are going to be picking on up for everybody. Do you like this time of year where we start to get into October? And that's that's minus, my friend, minus all the talk about, you know, certain drinks at Starbucks and Tim Hortons that have to do with Halloween. You know, the, all the the pumpkin spice people who come out at this yeah. time of year. You know, I was born right before Halloween, though it's never been one of my favorite holidays, to be honest with you. I Honestly, I just never really got it, I guess. Sure, I used to go out and do trick-or-treating and all that other crap back then when we were able to do it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I like the change of seasons. That's probably my favorite part of this time of year uh, because just like this year, so stinking hot, then we're going to get a little relief. Um, but uh, I shouldn't cry too much because it'll be two foot of snow in three months, so. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling, man. You know, yeah. the minute the leaves start follow, falling here, everybody in my area, we're like, uh-oh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, You know, it's happening. And next thing you know, there's all this white crap on the ground, and it's there until April. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I've never been a winter guy. And, uh, you know, I... All my friends and all used to go out camping and hiking in the wintertime. I, I tried to avoid it, to be honest with you. I'd rather do it in the summer or the spring or fall, but not the winter. Well, you know what is coming up here very quickly is Canadian Thanksgiving. And that will be mm-hmm. the one-year anniversary of me, my son, and my two buddies, Mike and Mark, actually seeing that 10-foot Sasquatch away from us and it's funny because we haven't had much time out there this year because our plans have kind of changed due to our our ghost tour coming back at the local museum that we've been raising money for and 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 just keep everybody updated you know we've done about we've done four tours and two private tours and we've already raised almost five thousand dollars for the museum Uh, just taking people on on a ghostly adventure and and it's amazing how many people man like usually we average 20 to 30 people on a tour night we're getting 45 50 60 people and when you at the beginning when i kind of go through a speech you know i always ask how many people have been here before so on our last tour we had 53 people and only mm-hmm. and only 5 of them had ever been on the tour before so that means, you know, that people, you know, obviously think maybe we suck, you know, because they're not returning or or there's just so much more interest in the idea of the paranormal that people are curious. Yeah, I, I think people are curious. I mean, um, 
you know, I, I know people are more open-minded than what they used to be. It's easier to get reports now. It's easier for people to open up more and more about what they experience. But uh, that that little curiosity part is always open. And I think um, when it comes to the paranormal, most people want to know what's going on. And, uh, you know, if they show up, great. Yes. And, and you know, I want to tell our audience, just, just for a regular point, our museum here in town is beautiful. Okay, it's on a it's on a couple of acres. It's got about nine buildings on it, nine ten buildings on it, and it really tells the history of of our area and the Gold Rush Trail. But the problem with our museum is it's one of the only museums in the province that is not government funded. So, really? so that is why we when I say like we volunteer to do it. Uh, yeah. we literally volunteer. We do not take a dime from the tour. We, we literally do it out of the goodness of our hearts because we love the place. It's in a beautiful area. And if you want to go check it out, just to see what I'm talking about, all you got to do is uh, Google a one Oh eight one zero eight mile historic, uh, site or, uh, museum site or museum society or whatever. You, all you got to do is check it on out and uh, it'll be right there for you. And, and you'll see how beautiful it really is and why we invest the time that we do to get in there. But, you know, hey, sometimes, you you know, Lon, the way I look at it is you got to give back sometimes. And nobody was doing this. It was an interest that we have, yeah. you, you know, and hey, we get to kill two birds with one stone, no pun intended, where we get to have some fun ghost hunting. And we get to uh, raise uh, money for a good cause as well. Yeah, there's a lot of fun to that. I mean, I like being involved in stuff like that as well. I mean, it's, um, it's you know, it is satisfying. Do you like paranormal tourism overall? Honestly? No. <laughs> and, and the reason I say that and this, and this is the real reason why I say that. Of course, I live near Gettysburg, right? So, yes. you know, in the summertime and the fall, they've got lines and lines of people up and down Baltimore Street because you got all these ghost hunting tour, you know, uh, going on. And they do a they do a, a night, mostly a nighttime tour in the town. It sucks because they can't go onto the battlefield at night. But I have tugged along on a few of those. And it's it's pretty interesting how much they don't know and what they aren't telling people and how much they embellish it. And that, that that's a problem for me, particularly. You know, I know people are going to be entertained. They want to hear all the, the juicy stuff that happens or has happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of bothers me. You know, and it, quite frankly, paranormal TV, I've I'm, I'm just never really been a big fan of paranormal TV. Uh, but... You know, that's just me. I, of course, I know there are a lot of people that are really into it. Yeah, and, and I don't blame. I don't blame. Achieve your financial goals with Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. With just a $500 minimum deposit, you can access high-yield certificates. 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield, or 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location and learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. 
Sunbelt Federal Credit Union has special deals on certificates of deposit. For 10 months, you could get a return of 5.27% annual percentage yield. And Sunbelt offers an amazing 5.33% annual percentage yield for 18 months. Visit a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location today or learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. $500 minimum deposit. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Blame people for being into it. You know, uh, our area, Canada, is a little bit different because we don't have a lot of paranormal tourism around here. Yeah. You know, we're we're literally. I mean, there's there's ghost walks and everything like that, but there's no real tour where somebody could come on and go through an actual paranormal investigation that they only see on TV. I, I have mixed feelings about it because I do agree with you. I think I think a lot of times uh, we try and, you know, take advantage of the paranormal scene and the popularity of it to try and put money in the bank. But on the flip side, I look at it too, like for us, where we're not taking a dime on this, that everything, and I let everybody in our tour know that every dollar that they spend here goes straight to the museum. And, you know, it's it's helping. Like, for instance, at our museum, we have a Clydesdale barn that's probably 70 yards long. Okay? Mm. It's, it's the biggest A-frame building in the world. And it's 120 years old, and it needs an assessment for its stability. And that assessment costs $25,000. What? Yeah. Because it's such a big building. Right? And it's sinking. Oh. So we have to, excuse me, we have to make sure that, uh, considering that's one of our most haunted buildings, we have to make sure that 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 building is safe for another 50 to 100 years. Right. So, I mean, we're, you know, everything we do now, it goes to help preserve that one barn, you know, and... Hopefully by next year we've we've raised enough in order to do that. You know, so I can understand doing it for things like that, but I mean there's a mm-hmm. lot of places out there now, whether it's Waverly Hills, whether it's Gettysburg, whether it's Alcatraz, uh, Bobby McGee's or whatever it's called there, uh you know, they're doing it strictly for profit. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, um and I, I, I have seen what some of these these places in Gettysburg make. I mean, it's like it's ridiculous money. I mean, that they're making off these tours. Um, but um, yeah, it's big business. I think I think I counted eleven, eleven paranormal tours on right there on Baltimore Street, within a block and a half. It's like it's that you know it's. That's crazy. And, you know, they, they get a full toe every time. So. Well, you know what? As long as the ghosts don't mind, I think that's okay. Because in the end, they're the ones we're bothering. And I'm sure if they, right. I'm sure if they get mad at it, they'll let us know. They'll attack us. Sure. They'll do what they got to do from the ghostly <laughs> side to, you know, really upset us. You know, but... Uh, getting back to the whole Halloween adventure here, you know, there's going to be a lot more people who are talking about ghost stories and and haunted houses that they lived in or haunted buildings that they that they you know 
attended or, or whatever it may be, maybe a haunted school or a haunted dorm room or something along that line. Do you look forward to all these new stories at this time of year that don't involve pumpkin spice? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I take everything, you know, and you're right. I, I think, um, I think a lot of it, a lot of the stories that come around this time are, are recollections. Like you said, going to college or being out with your high school friends and stuff and something would happen. And they're probably the most interesting because it's something like they never really, you know, expected. And for the most part, they have no idea now, even after all these years, what they, what they went through or what they actually saw. So, um, yeah, I, I will get I will get a lot of it. There's no doubt about that. But I look forward to it. I mean, I had picked up clients, you know, just telling me what's going on. Uh, you know, thinking you know maybe it may be some type of mundane haunting, and it turns out to be something entirely different. Uh, it happens. Sam Sheeran in our chat room, for people who don't know him, he is literally one of the most talented artists when it comes to book covers, and he's done Lon's book covers and many others for David Weatherly, and he is one of the most incredible artist talents when it comes to anything cryptid, paranormal, supernatural, and we're glad to have him in our chat room tonight. He's like, what? I need to hear about that 10-foot Sasquatch. The funny part about it is my buddy Mike, who was there that night, he's actually in the chat room with us right now on YouTube. So it, what it was is we found this spot about a year ago where we it started on Mother's Day when I found a 13-inch print there. And we cast it, and we started going back there every couple of weeks, put up a gifting site. Nothing has ever moved at the gifting site except the mirror once. There's some freaky things that happen in this area. And in this area, we have been scared out by something that it just, you don't know what it is. You don't see it. You just feel it. And it's been weird there at times. We've had times where we're literally sitting there and we don't have fireflies here, lightning bugs. But you'll see all of a sudden all these flashes of orbs of white and green and purple and red and blue lights in the trees. And our area has a, a, has a very large, loud history of, of fairies. We've seen UFOs there. And then one day it was Canadian Thanksgiving around October 8th last year, where my buddy Mark heard a, a tree snap, just a little branch snap in the distance. And we brought our flashlights up and about a hundred yards away, uh, there was a giant 10-foot Sasquatch standing there. And we could see him very clearly. It was a clear night. It was the night before a full moon. And he was just standing there. And we called over our buddy Mike. And, you know, we Mike was having troubles kind of finding his way to us because it was dark out. There are no lights out there. We're, we're 25 kilometers from town or 20, about 20 miles from town. And there's no not, no other light. So we bring the flashlights back up, and now this thing is hunched down. Like it's it's kneeling down to try and, you know, cover itself. And we decided that we were going to start taking a few steps closer to it. You know, and as we started, like, it was the worst night, you know, because, Lon, this stuff always happens when you forget your best flashlights. Oh, you, you know, absolutely. 
You know, like it, it can never happen when you are fully prepared. <laughs> right. So we have literally yeah. forgotten our best flashlights at home and we bring them up and all of a sudden this thing is gone. We don't know how it exited. If it would have exited to our left, it would have had to cross a logging road and then go up an embankment eight feet. We would have seen it. If it went to its our right, we would have heard it because there was a bunch of fallen trees in between the birch trees that were growing there. We would have heard it climbing over the trees. Branches would have mm-hmm. snapped. If it went forwards, we would have seen it. If it went backwards into the darkness, we would have watched it go backwards. We don't know how this thing exited. It was just gone. Well, I hear it all too many times. I mean, you know, very rarely does an eyewitness of a Sasquatch or even even upright canine or dogman see the thing leave. Very rarely. I don't know how this thing disappeared. I, I I really I really don't. I mean, it's yeah. Well, they they you know I'm I'm totally convinced that most cryptids have abilities that we just don't have. We have no concept of at this point. Um. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think they're a supernatural species. I I honestly do. Well, the funny part about it is, my buddy Mike was out there alone waiting for us couple nights ago or a couple weeks, mm-hmm. about a week ago. And I told him I was coming back, but my son did all of a sudden started not feeling very well. And I can't get a hold of him to say, Hey Mike, not making it. My, my little guy is, is not feeling too well. Okay. And he was out there and he was waiting for us. It was probably nine 30 around that time. And that's usually the time when things start heating up in that area. And all of a sudden, he started uh, seeing the, the the white orbs in the trees. And he started getting really uncomfortable, like he shouldn't be there. And I, I hope I'm telling this right, because I know he's listening. And all of a sudden, he is uh, he is hearing, like, bipedal footsteps around him with some grunting and some huffing and some puffing. Can't see anything. But he's hearing it getting closer and closer, probably within 60 to 80 feet of him. All right. To the final point where he just said, I got to go. This, That's it. I'm done. Got to go. But he got some really cool photos of orbs flying around. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there who don't like orbs. Okay. And yes, we know there's a lot of bugs in that area. There isn't a high amount of traffic, so there isn't a lot of dust. Okay. But these orbs were appearing right where those sound. Hear that? That's the sound of your money slacking. Make it work harder for you at Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. Featuring high yield certificates of deposit with just a $500 minimum deposit. Like 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield. And 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt branch or go to sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. 
Order like a saint at Raising Cane's with tailgates of hand-battered chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade. You can guarantee victory for every game day meal. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. <laughs> Official chicken finger of the Saints. And that's something that was interesting. What do you think of that, Lon? I pretty well expect orb and light activity around sightings where there have been Bigfoot. Even even days later. Um I pretty well expect that now. Um, it, it just has happened so many times. And, and, and another thing, other things that happen as well, just like disembodied uh, sounds, like something walking through the woods, and it's not, you can't see it. Um, of course, the Glimmer Man phenomena, which may be very similar to that as far as maybe some type of cloaking. Uh, but no, there's a lot of things, and you know, light light anomalies are, are pretty common now, and you know, people are reporting them as well. What do you think causes those orbs to manifest in strange areas? Oh, it's all energy. Um, uh, now, do, do do these cryptids? put out an energy can they manifest an energy uh, it's possible i i would believe honestly that if, if there's an area that has particular amount of uh, light anomalies it's either a portal nearby or there's some type of uh space anomaly or time anomaly that's near there um, that we just don't know. People call them portal or whatever. I don't know, you know. But um, I, I do believe that, um, that that there are areas where they will manifest that. And I've seen it. You know, I've seen it. I've seen it in the woods. I've seen it in the homes. I've seen it in you know, a lot of places. It's just not associated with spirit activity. It, it, it's connected with a lot of stuff that we just don't understand. Well, that is true, man. That is true. And you know what, uh, Lon, when we figure out that things don't understand, that's why we call you around here from phantomsandmonsters.com, the bearded wonder himself, Lon Strickler, coming on in to break it down. And when we get back from our break here at the bottom of the hour, there's some new stories <laughs> that uh, that Lon is chasing around phantomsandmonsters.com. And I always look forward get to get a red-eyed humanoids winged humanoids and bigfoot updates oh this is going to be interesting stick around we're going to get into some serious monster talk with the man himself lon strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com right here on spaced out radios strange days we are clear my friend Don't be so excited. I like coming out and just talking about paranormal questions. <laughs> uh, oh, I, you know, it, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I went into two different places today uh, during the day, and both times I go in there, hey, you're the ghost guy. You're the ghost guy. Oh, I'm like, yeah. Really? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, I'm the weirdo. I'm going to boot through here. I'm way behind here in the chat room. Hi, Lunar Sparkles. How's it going, Tina? Nice to see you. And uh, 
who else do we have here that's hopped on in? Um, yeah, anytime, Sam Sheeran. You always have a uh, a way to uh, to speak. I would love to chat with you on this show. Your work is amazing. And let's see, Lucy Fur, nice to see you again. Uh, Nancy Malcolm, thank you for that amazing super chat, along with W. Decker, la, 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 bright times too. Uh, Mike Gizmo and Louie, very much appreciate the love and support, guys. And who else has joined us here? April or Angel Song, welcome to SOR Chat. And scrolling on down. Mm-hmm. Random Gee. Look at that. We have a random gee in the chat room. Yep. Uh, Derek Galloway, nice to have you. I got your message, Derek. I couldn't respond, uh, but thanks for the text message. Let's chat soon, okay, if you'd ever pick up your phone. Uh, Cable Guy Matt is here. And you know what happens, Lon, when Cable Guy Matt is here? If you hit him up, he will give you a free piece of autographed coaxial cable signed by Cable Guy Matt himself. Now, remember, folks, you cannot buy these in stores. Limit one per household. It's hilarious. We actually gave away coaxial cable for Cable Guy Matt at our last uh, fan outing in Las Vegas. People are like, what am I supposed to do with this? It's autographed by Cable Guy Matt. You got to do it. You know, just treasure it. Griffin, how are you? Oh, God, I love Cable Guy Matt. <laughs> Ozzy Rob, how you doing? Uh, everybody, if you could say a thought and prayer for Ozzy Rob here. Okay. Uh, he just had an operation. Uh, the other day where he actually had part of his left leg amputated. And uh, and we'd really appreciate if we could all send Ozzy Rob some love and support and healing because he really needs it right now from the Spaced Out Radio family. And we love you, Ozzy Rob. Uh, now I can't say how are your ham hocks doing. I can only say ham hawk. All right. And I know you'll find that funny. So that's why I said it. Uh, but we love you, bud. And uh, all the best in your healing up right now. Okay. We're going to send you a bunch of love from everybody here in Spaced Out Radio Land. Uh, Danny Staten, how you doing? Good to see you. And uh, um, little Tommy Fessler, how you doing, buddy? Great show earlier on on Disclosure tonight. Boz Monster, thanks for coming out and uh, let's see here um who else we got night rider good to have you back and my goodness every time i scroll on down it jumps again there's another 20 people there uh susan ahern from the beautiful provincetown massachusetts she has a beautiful, beautiful store there uh, with gems and rings and tarot cards and very, very <clears throat> beautiful little store there. And, and uh, I hope you're doing well, Susan Ahern. We love you and miss you. Okay. Um, CS, nice to see you. And uh, Canna Chef Chris, a good Canadian kid out of Windsor, Ontario, home of Ed Jovanovsky, the 1994 first overall pick. In the NHL draft. Bet you didn't think I would know that one, did you? 
Mm. <laughs> Let's see here. He's a spitfire, that guy. A real spitfire. Uh, Northern Illinois Sasquatch researchers, how you doing? Good to see you. And uh, I think we're caught up right now, buddy. Want to remind everybody to put May 10th through 12th on your calendar. Third annual fan party in Reno, Nevada. We're going to have more details coming soon on our website. So make sure you mark down the dates. We want to see you all there. And don't forget, you can join the SOR Space Travelers Club right now on Patreon. And hi, free your mind. How you doing? Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone. Uh, who? What am I trying to say here? I want to remind all of you. That's what I'm trying to say. I want to remind all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and join the Space Travelers Club right now on Patreon. From the man, the myth, and the legend. Lon Strickler is back for Strange Days here on Spaced Out Radio. His website, phantomsandmonsters.com, where you can find a plethora of his books as well. My man, Lon, always good to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Good to be here, Dave. Thanks, Lon. Very much appreciate you as well. The the one thing about Lon is I always try and make him laugh. It, you know, half the time it doesn't work, but because I don't think he gets a Canadian humor. Yeah, that's not easy either. To be honest with you. Well, I'm just saying. You, you see, you only know those East Coast Canadians. You know, Toronto, Montreal, in that area. You don't know how us West Coasters work. You know, but that, <laughs> that's okay. Lon, you have an update on a really cool Bigfoot story <laughs> that that's on phantomsandmonsters.com right now. What's going on there? Well, Bigfoot, the Bigfoot stuff that's going on. Are you talking about the the uh, case we're working on down in Mer- Hear that? That's the sound of your money slacking. Make it work harder for you at Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. Featuring high-yield certificates of deposit with just a $500 minimum deposit. Like 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield. And 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt branch or go to sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so 
<laughs> You're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Yes. Uh, let me. I can read it to my audience if you want. Okay. On the evening of Monday, August 28th of this oh, year, a- approximately 8 p.m. Eastern, the property resident captured a four-minute video of a UFO hovering above the trees in the woods of southwest of the Horse Farm Research location in Cecil County, Maryland. This is the best light anomaly video that we have received at the location so far. The flashing and undulating anomaly displayed a red and white light. The witnesses stated that it lingered for several minutes and then eventually faded away. You got some great pictures on that, which can be found at phantomsandmonsters.com. A great friend of this show, Timothy Renner and Chad Redding, were at that same vicinity on August 12th during our on-location investigation. They both observed round light anomalies in the woods as well. Timothy conducted a dowsing session nearby and experienced an event that he described as something that I would have never seen or experienced before. The wood dowsing rock was violently pulled towards the ground on two occasions, eventually snapping the wooden dowsing rod. We were astonished by this occurrence. The location has experienced a number of unexplained events, including several bipedal track lines throughout the farm. The horses have appeared alarmed by the activity, though it does seem that they uh, start are starting to become accustomed to it. The location also has an increased number of death incidents associated with it. We are planning to continue working on this location and hopefully find some answers as to why this activity has been prevalent, especially during the past several months. Now, Lon, this almost sounds like an East Coast Skidwalker Ranch type of area. Well, you know, I don't know to what extent we're getting into with this thing. Uh, we were down there about well, about a month or so ago, and uh, we really didn't see a whole lot. We were down there, but you know the the, the incident with the um, Chad and uh, and Tim going down into the field further down. There's a swampy area down there, up into the woods, and they started experiencing um, light anomalies all throughout the woods. Now, the woman, the family who's living there is, is telling us that they're seeing lights and stuff and they're seeing UFOs. And they haven't seen a Bigfoot or a canine. I think, honestly, that there's activity of both there. Uh, the track lines have been pretty interesting. Uh, really long track lines. I'm talking like up 8 to 12 foot in stride. Oh, That's wow. huge. And... Uh, but when they went down to the woods, they went down to the end of the end of the uh, the area down there, the field. Tim told Chad he was going to go ahead and do a, a dousing rod session. Now Tim's father is a dowser; he comes from a long line of dowsers, so he knows all that stuff. I've tried it, not too successfully, but I've tried it. But anyway, they were going through that specific area. And he was telling me how the different energies were kind of manifesting themselves. It was kind of weird. And he said he he had the dousing rod and it pulled it down. I mean, violently pulled it down. That He had never experienced that before. But the second time it did it, it literally snapped it in half. Now, you know, I'm, 
I don't know a whole lot about dousing and, and you know, I, I know what it's used for water witching and all kinds of other things, but there's a lot of investigators that use that and other divination tools when they're on an investigation. And I have as well. I never, not dousing per se, but other, other things. And, um, that's pretty significant from what the, I mean, when he came back up to the house and talked to me, I mean, he was really shook because he, he, he said, that's just never happened to me. I don't think, I think he said he never even heard anything like that happening before. So anyway, about a week and a half later, uh, that's when we got the video of the, um, of the UFO. Wow. And as you can see, it, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, this thing was, it was in the evening. Uh, it was on the top, it was right on the top of the trees in the distance from the farm. And it, it was, it was, you know, flashing different color lights, mostly, uh, red and white, but, uh, it was just stationary. It was almost like it was sitting on the trees, but it, it was, it was a pretty well done video. She, she caught it almost most of it, you know, most of the activity, but, uh, now, we are in the process, and I, we've been working on this a couple of weeks now. Uh, one of my remote viewer associates from days gone by, who's actually on the team, uh, she's got, she lives in Australia, so she's got a team and uh, that she's put together, a worldwide team, and uh, they've been working on this location. So hopefully we're going to get some, some information. We have had some. I had a conference call with about three weeks for about three hours a couple of days ago. And, and there's a lot of stuff coming to light. But um, from what I'm being told so far, it's all, it, from what it sounds like, everything's connected. The UFOs, the, the cryptid activity, and whatever else is going on. And there's a death. Oh, my God, that place is just full of death everywhere. It, it's palpable. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, that's just another, that's just like the cherry on top. So... I don't know how that's going to play into what we're investigating, but it, it's there. Uh, you can tell it's there as soon as you walk on in there. So, um, yeah. So that's about what we are with that case. But, you know, it, it's a, it's an area. It's right. It's right by the Susquehanna River, uh, just north of uh, Haver de Grace, which is where the Chesapeake Bay starts. So it's where the Susquehanna enters into the Chesapeake Bay. And uh, it's on the other side. It's on the eastern side over in Cecil County. But um, that whole river, and I don't know if we talked about this before, but the Susquehanna River, for whatever reason, the amount of wildlife, and I'm just not talking cryptids, the amount of wildlife that is showing up there in, in more recent years is pretty astounding. Um, I mean, we've had coyotes for 20, 30 years. That's, you know, that's nothing new. There are mountain, more mountain lion sightings, and there are an exceptional amount of black bear sightings, which, you know, when you get past the mountains, they rarely, rarely had come east. But black bear populations in the eastern part of the United States is just really booming, even up into the Maritimes, uh, even though it's, I think they've already been up there. But, it, you know, it's... Um, here in the, down in the United States, it's uh, it's been pretty heavy, and just like just talking about Gettysburg, there have been bear sightings in Gettysburg. They had to they had to take one out of the tree downtown a couple of weeks ago. 
So <laughs> hanging around. Uh, but we're getting a lot of – I don't know if they're following game or what they're doing, but they're they're moving in. And uh, it, it, it's just really weird. It, it just sends out a, a weird vibe altogether. Because, you know, I have never – you know, I've hunted these areas all my life, and I have never seen as much game now. I mean, then as it is now. It's just – it's very interesting. Well, the interesting uh, part that I see about it too, my friend – is this farm, we're always wondering, are there more Skinwalker Ranch-type places out there? We've heard of Stardust Ranch. We've heard of Bradshaw Ranch. We've heard of, you know, Blind Frog Ranch. And they all seem to, you know, around that you into Basin, south into Arizona area, okay? But, Mm -hmm. you know, I look at a lot of my instances and experiences happen at my friend's 10-acre farm. Okay, now we have another farm here in in Maryland that you're talking about here where there's cryptid activity, UFO activity. There what's with this death thing that's going on there? Well, it's a farm, and you know, and you know when an animal dies and all they have are horses when they die, it's a pretty big hole they're filling up. So there've been there've been several of those, but I just get the feeling that that one section down there where they were actually dousing at has had a lot of death associated with it. Now, what it is, I don't know. I mean, is it, are the burial grounds there or is it something to do with Native American, uh, with indigenous people? I, I don't know. And it's very near a, a huge cemetery too. Um, there's just death all around. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you're driving up there, and I felt it when we were driving up. I mean, it's like a doorway opened up into another realm. It, it, it's it's that weird. So, uh, I, like I said, I don't know how much that is associated with the phenomena that they are experiencing or what they're telling us or what we feel. But uh, I, I think the remote view, when we start getting some um, more information out of that, start doing some deeper interpretation. Uh, I, I think we're going to come up with some answers. And, and quite frankly, that, you know, the, the RV, I look forward to having RVs done on cases because um, we, it always does pick up some things that we just didn't realize or just didn't sense. I, I can see that. Have, has there been a lot of paranormal activity on this property as well? Not really. I mean, or not that they have noticed, now they've been they've lived there for twenty five years, uh, and we did I did ask about paranormal activity, hauntings, and such. And uh, the only thing I they told me was a relative had died there, and that the, their energy may still be lingering. But other than that, it's nothing, you know, farm wise. Weird. Do they have any UFO landings or just this light that seems to appear every now and again? No, no landings uh, that we know of, but, you know, when we start getting involved with cryptids and UFOs, the reason behind what's going on, I mean, you know, why they're, you know, they're showing up all of a sudden. And look, they've been there. They've been there for all that period of time. And the activity, had they had just noticed the activity within the past couple of months. 
I mean, this isn't something that's been going on all, all the time. Very strange. Just all for whatever reason just started. Now, the RV, and you know, going back and looking at the RV, though we really don't have any determining factors yet, uh, there is a mention in there about cryptids returning or checking up on, I forget how she stated it, checking up on something. Um, and then she mentioned something about it being uh, traditional land or familial land within, you know, this population of either Bigfoot or canines. I, I, I honestly believe it's more canine activity than, than actual Bigfoot. And what leads, you, just, to, just, what leads just, you to believe that? You know, that's, it's just me, you know, picking up on stuff, just, I just pick up on energy sometimes. It just leans toward one way or the other, then the other. Uh, as far as Bigfoot activity, yeah, it's possible, but I, I think we're dealing with something that may be other than a Bigfoot. Well, you know what? It's going to be interesting to see because it amazes me that once again, you know, we're, we're having all of these tracks of, of cryptid creatures and then the UFOs start coming. Yeah. Yeah, that does happen a lot. It makes me wonder what what's all of a sudden turned that the light switch on on that property. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying going to try to find out. I mean, um but you no, know, it you know, for as long as they've been there and as long as the farm has been there, uh it did happen damn quick. So, uh, you know, 2 months, 3 months, that's that's quick. So um, yeah, something happened. What are I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but I hope we'll find out. I I gotta ask you, what are the owners like? Uh, just they're pretty normal. It's a, a woman and her daughter, and her brother lives there, but he's on the road a lot. So you know, the daughter. I mean, the daughter's in her twenties, and the mother's in her fifties or sixties. I, but so, yeah, but, it's just a normal, normal. They love horses and they go around buying horses and then just keeping them as pets. Okay, so but they're not like overly religious or or in, no. into the phenomenon or you know no. or anything like that. This is brand new to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, it's brand new. The girl, I think she watches some paranormal TV, but it doesn't seem like she's using it as a troop. As far as what she's describing and stuff, this is something different. And, you know, for it to just happen a couple months, start happening a couple months ago, yeah. Yeah. My goodness. That is, I I, I would love to have that property. I'm not going to lie. I would love to have that property, Lon. You know, like, I'm just waiting for something like that to happen, man. Waiting for something to happen. You know, I mean. I think for anybody in our situation, that would be like to have your own investigative area where you don't have to travel out of town or anything. Are are they excited? Are the owners excited by this? Are they scared by what's going on? No, they just want stuff to go back to normal. Um, they want an explanation as to why things are going on, why horses are scared all the time, and why they're seeing lights and tracks and you know they they got an idea i mean we're not really leading them on with much we're just kind of 
got, you know, gathering the evidence and uh, we'll come up with what we come up with and, and then we'll talk to them. And how did that, how did, uh, how did it lead to you getting, getting to this point? Well, they, they first contacted MUFON because the UFOs and uh, nobody showed up. And um, then they, they, they got a local group. I don't know if it's a regular paranormal group or it was a cryptogram. I think it was a paranormal group. So um, apparently they, they didn't, you know, they, they, they weren't satisfied with the way they, they treated them. So uh, as of many times, we end up getting a call. And... Um, you almost put Bigfoot, Mothman, or anything else up on Google now. I'm going to come up there. So that's how she found me. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, hey, someone else's misstep equals out to your good location for well, uh, for investigating. That's what happened. That's why this whole Chicago thing started. <laughs> because MUFON didn't want to talk. They didn't want to fool with it. Four minutes to go here. It is what it is, man. Four minutes to go here before we got to go to break. At the top of the hour, Lon Strickler and Strange Days continues here. Talk about the footprints. Why do you believe they're dogmen? Just by the way they're shaped, the ones I could make a shape of, they don't. They just don't look right for... Now, of course, you know, it, what's a big footprint, you know? It, it could be anything. I mean, it could be misshapen or, and it, but I just get by the length, the narrowness, and the wide stride. I, I think it's. I think it's upright canine. I think it's upright canine. And you know, when you're getting eight to twelve foot strides, that's almost a big foot running. No kidding. <laughs> I. I yeah, how big? Um, are, how big are the footprints? They're not that big. I, I, I'd say the one that I, the one I can make out was probably eleven to twelve inches in length, pretty narrow all the way through the foot. Juvenile, almost. I, I don't think. I don't think it's Bigfoot. I, don't, I just don't think. I just don't think that. I. I just don't think the foot's right for Bigfoot. Um. I could be wrong, but I, I think it's uh, – it looks to me like a full-grown upright canine. Now, what that is, I've never seen one. I can't really tell what is full-grown, but I'm just saying. It, it, it looks like something that's got some size to it. And, um, you know, the, the, the foot shape is, is very similar to what we've seen before. What's the difference for those of us who don't know between a big footprint and a bipedal canine? Well, many times the, the big footprint will be wide at top and have and have actual toes that'll show. The um, many times with, with the, the upright canine, and it can vary. Uh, it's usually a narrow, more narrow foot, but it's got um, two or three pads on it. And many times you, you'll be able to see an extension of the talons as it digs into the ground if they're if they're pushing off that foot. Um, 
but there is a difference. I mean, you know, there's definitely a difference. And, um, and of course, when you do get a stride like that, and as exaggerated as it was, it, it's it's pretty apparent to me. I don't think I just don't think it was a bigfoot. I think it was something other than that. How long until you go back there? We're going back the end of October. We're going to wait till the leaves drop a bit so we can get deeper into the woods. It's really, I mean, it's thick back there. Uh, we got to deal with the swamp too. So um, I don't know. I, I don't want to wait till it freezes, but. Uh, I, I do want some of the vegetation to be up going by the time we get back down there. Yeah, I can see that. I can see where you want to be all alone. I, I mean, how big is this property? Uh, 25 acres, maybe. Still a decent maybe size. Maybe a little bigger. Pretty good sized place. And uh, there's other farms around it. Um, uh, there's some Amish places there, some, and the Amish have been moving down to Maryland like crazy. I mean, they're buying up farms left and right. Um, but no, there's those other other farms around there. Lon, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the top okay. of the hour. And hard to believe we're already through one hour of strange days tonight with the man, the myth, and the legend, Lon Strickler here from Phantoms and Monsters. Dot com. You can find any of his books at any major bookstore or on Amazon or even better at phantomsandmonsters.com. The bearded wonder, Lon Strickler, will be here for the next hour. We're going to get into winged humanoids. Are you kidding me? Humans with wings when we return on Spaced Out Radio Hour number two. All right, my man. I am going to go put you in the green room here. I'm going to step out. Yeah, I'll be out. right back. I'm going to step out for a second. I'm going to blow my nose. I'll be right back.
are back. And did Dave's chair move? Please let me know. Lon, did my chair move? No, I wasn't looking. <sighs> Gotta warm me, man. I know. Sometimes they say it moves. I don't know. Tis the season for the hauntings coming up. Yeah, it's amazing how many people out there think that uh, that uh, hauntings only happen in October. <laughs> Tis the season, huh? Tis the season for some hauntings with little Lonnie Strickler right here on Spaced Out Radio. Hi, Cat Chaser. Hold on. <clears throat> we got about one minute. Thank you tonight to Louie times two, Gizmo, Lala times two, Mike, W. Decker, Nancy, Kevin, and Debster for the amazing super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support. And don't forget, you can join the Space Travelers Club for as low as five bucks a month by going to patreon.com forward slash SOR underscore space underscore travelers underscore club. Yeah. Join it. We got 22 members. We need more. We do. Thank you, Becky, for being the latest space traveler. And here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with our number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Pilot. Pilot is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Now, we continue with Lon Strickler and Strange Days. Lon joins us from phantomsandmonsters.com, and we are going to get into another spooky story with Lon as he joins us each and every month here to talk about Strange Days. Lon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right. Another weird story that you got here for us is apparently a winged humanoid reported over Evanston, Illinois. What was it going through public storage? You know, is it a storage locker auction or what's going on? Uh, I'm going to read... answer that question. I, then I I'll read the story. Okay. I, um, we have had a couple of sightings near, uh, public storage places. <laughs> I don't know why, but we have, I mean, that's all I can say to it. I don't know. If there's a rhyme or reason for it, 
maybe people are more observant while they're there. I don't know. Well, let's read the story here. Says okay. says hi, Lon. I decided to come forward and tell you about my early and most encounter. I've ever I've never told a soul about this, fearing that I would be rebuffed. My earliest experience was on a November 2014 night, approximately 9 p.m., and I was in my bed watching television. I was 17 years old and living at home with my parents and a younger brother in West Virginia. Directly above my bed were three windows with glass panels. The television was to the left of my bed. Suddenly, my attention was drawn to the floor, approximately four feet from the desk my television was on. What I saw was a beam of light moving very quickly in small circles in one concentrated spot on my floor. The circle motions it made were not perfect. The best I could describe was that they were wobbly circles. The beam was solid, pure solid light, and approximately an inch or less wide. It was very thin. The color was pure white with some of of a bluish tinge around the outside of the beam. The beam itself was bright, but did not seem to emit any light beyond its edges. My room was not filled with light, only this beam. I watched the light for about 30 seconds, but I began to feel dread and fled my room in a state of total panic. I was not able to tell exactly which of the three windows the beam was aimed through, but assumed that it had it beamed straight into my room onto the wall parallel, it would have been 90 degrees. I would estimate that it hit my floor on a diagonal angle about 60 degrees. When I got downstairs, I looked outside to see any evidence of a craft. I have never, to my knowledge, witnessed a UFO, and there was none. There was no craft of any kind besides high-flying commercial planes. I did not tell anyone in my house about what I had seen. I wasn't sure if my mind was playing tricks on me or what had actually had happened, but I saw something. When I checked the area later, there was no evidence whatsoever of the beam having ever touched my floor. Two days later, I witnessed one more anomalous event which I believed may have been connected, and this time my younger brother was also a witness a pitch-black figure which appeared to be two-dimensional in a very humanoid form quickly passed across the window and wall which were directly in front of where we were sitting, about 12 feet away. The figure had no discernible features on its face, no clothing, and no hair. Just a round head, a human-like torso, were all we were able to make out. It was impossible to make a height estimate. It was for certain inside our house not a reflection from outside. This sighting of this being lasted about 10 seconds, then it faded away. There was no logical explanation for what we saw. It was most certainly paranormal. I have seen a figure like that once before, and I am certain it was the same nature. Now recently, I witnessed a dark humanoid-like being that I saw flying in the early evening sky around 7.15 p.m. It had large wings that were shaped like a bat, I'd say that it was approximately 150 to 200 feet above me, gliding westbound very slowly. I reached for my phone, but it suddenly gathered speed and quickly zoomed off. I lived near Chicago, Illinois, in Evanston, but the sighting took place while I was at a public storage located in Green Bay on Green Bay Road. I was with my husband and daughter at the time. Now, last night, 
August 20th, 2023, my husband and I observed a huge bright cylindrical object in the sky. It streaked above our property while we were in the backyard. The time was approximately 9.40 p.m. It was traveling too fast for a photograph. I found your contact information after searching Google. I then saw and read about the Chicago Mothman sightings. I have never heard anything about these sightings previously. I wonder if this winged humanoid was related to my previous experiences in Morgantown. Feel free to contact me. All right, Lon, let's get right to it. Was that another Mothman sighting? Oh, probably. Uh, Very similar to what other reports we've got. You know, it's funny how she wrote in this real long, early stuff. And I, I know she wrote in there about Chicago Mothman on the top, but I was wondering when I was going to get to it. But finally, she got to it. Uh, do I think there's any correlation between those experiences and her sighting? I doubt it. But, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, she saw it, uh, she saw it, then later had a UFO report in her backyard, you know. See, that's another thing we're trying to determine with the, these sightings. Is, is it UFO related? And of course, we have had we have had some sightings of these beings where there there may have been an, uh, another otherworldly being with them, or a craft of some type was near them, around them. Uh, that's happened on several occasions, and you know there there are areas where we have people have just seen what they consider a humanoid let alone no wings or anything, just a strange-looking humanoid. So um, I, I, I do believe it's what people have been seeing. I mean, the fact that she's a multiple person, a person with multiple encounters is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, do you think that that early sighting of that, of that weird light coming into her house was something that was um, something that was, uh, how can you put it? Uh, a start to all of this possible. I mean, it's possible. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's possible. You know, that's about the only thing I can say, but, um, now, now I know, uh, an interesting fact, this witness and the one on the next account that we had taken more recently, both are Hispanic ascent as well. And I told you and I talked about this before that over 50% of the sightings have been reported by people who are of Hispanic descent. It's, it's just weird, but it, it, it happens all the time. What about, what about the idea that her, her incident with this Mothman creature she saw with her brother? <clears throat> I don't know if that was a Mothman. I don't, I don't know what they saw. They might have seen a shadow person. I don't know. Okay, but you know, she, do yeah. have these Mothman creatures been seen without wings? Or maybe the wings were tucked back? Or was it just... Yeah, or- that's happened many times. Yeah, many times they have been seen. Uh, people think they have a coat on because they have the wings wrapped around them. Or they will notice the wings in the back because they're folded back. I mean, the, the wings, the wing size and, and descriptions are vary. You know, some are on the back, some are attached to arms, some aren't attached to arms and can wrap around the body. And there've been different manifestations of these things. 
the idea that that you know, I, I mean, she follows it up with a, a UFO encounter. Is mm-hmm. is this normal? Where people who have had these Mothman sightings find a um, find a, uh, uh, a a next experience with a UFO? Not necessarily UFO, but many of them have had other experiences even after their sighting. But there have been some UFO sightings and other humanoid beings as well. Okay. So I'm just trying to piece it all together. I mean, because her, her, um, her instances are so spread out, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think they, you know, I, I'm going to contradict myself here. I don't think they pro- thinking about it. They don't have anything really connected to what what is truly going on in this person's life. But I mean, to be a multiple experiencer of four different phenomena, that does seem interesting to me. Yeah, but it, it's it, it's not unusual. I mean, I, I've had people have had more. I mean. It just seems some people are attracted to activity, no matter what it is. Um, me, for instance. I mean, all kinds of crap happens around me. Uh, but things happen around me, but I don't notice that people talk about it as well. So, you know, I, I think some people are more attracted to certain energies. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's, that, that's the reason why, you know, in her case, that may very well be true as well. Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com is here tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Lon, for this occasion, you know, how many sightings of this Chicago Mothman have we seen in 2023 now? Mm, Probably about four or five. That's been a whole lot. That's not many. Is, no, is, is that, I mean, no, compared is that to what no, we have had in the past, yeah, it's, it's not many. So what what's the difference between, say, the sightings of 2022 and what we're seeing in 2023? Uh, many more fleeting sightings back then where they got less of a view of the being as opposed to what they do now. Many people kind of focus on it and are able to focus on it as opposed to before. Now we haven't had any photographs or anything, but the descriptions are seem to be more descript or more detailed as opposed to what we used to were getting. I mean, you know, when, back then when we were getting two, three a week, I mean, you know, they were kind of coming out of shotgun style and, you know, people were seeing it, making note of it. And then they, you know, they call it in or, Texas or whatever, and they only had but minimal information where it happened, what they saw, and, uh, you know, we didn't get a picture. <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of it's been like that. But, of course, we've had some that have been very detailed as well. But I, I'd say people nowadays, I, at this period of time, and I don't know if they're, they're aware of it, but I don't think, for the most part, most of them are aware of the phenomena. But it does affect them to a degree where there are many, they're, they're much detail, more detail oriented than they were before. 
and, and they seem to notice other stuff that happens as well. What is that other stuff? Well, I'll just light, light anomalies, UFOs, paranormal activity near them that they can't explain. Those are probably the biggest ones. I, I, I see paranormal activity around them that they just can't explain. Things happen that have never happened before. Uh, you know, that's kind of where this whole harbinger thing comes in again, because people are still, they're still obsessed with this, um, the Mothman being a harbinger. And of course, when they, they see something or sense something and then they start having paranormal activity or other activity going around around them, they blame the Mothman for it. That's just not necessarily the truth. It could be, but it, it, it's, there's just nothing there really there to back that up. Hmm. Let's go to another story here that you have, and we'll probably end up continuing the questions afterwards. But this one is just as fascinating as the last one. And I should remind all of our listeners that they can read these stories and these accounts of people having these encounters right at phantomsandmonsters.com. Now, this is another observed sighting in just outside of Chicago, of a red-eyed humanoid. I mean, this gets weird, Lon. I mean, here we go. It says, A recent sighting of the Chicago winged humanoid in the Camp Pine Woods near De Plains River. And once again, it's northeast of O'Hare International. And the person who wrote this says, I was driving Thursday night at 10 p.m. This was just literally a couple weeks ago, September 7th, on my way back to pick up food in the Glenview area. Prior to picking up my food, I had a super uneasy feeling. I felt very brain foggy and just out of it. I wasn't really focused. I want to think it's stress because of working a 9 to 5. So, as I was driving along Westlake Avenue, I was listening to music and singing along to my favorite playlist. I really wasn't thinking much. I drove by the cemetery earlier on River Road, which I hate driving by. I started obviously feeling pretty spooked, like out of nowhere. I don't know why I was psyching myself out, but I continue to not pay mind to that feeling and kept singing along to my music. It was Lady Gaga, so I definitely was singing my heart out. So I kept driving, and as I drove by the forest of Westlake Avenue, I quickly saw a strange creature standing still on the right-hand side of the road. I wanted to believe it was a deer, but this thing I saw was six to seven feet tall, standing upright. Deer don't do that. It had a dark gray cement-like colored body, and its eyes gave out the same red as a bicycle reflectors do. That's what made me look. When I quickly looked or locked eyes with it, my stomach dropped and I got so scared. The same feeling when you get when you're riding a roller coaster. I freaked out for a bit, and I was thinking, keep driving, keep driving, keep driving. Don't look back. Don't look back. I quickly sped up to the coming light and intersection. I wanted to be around other cars and the intersection and more into the business and buildings. I kept telling myself, nope, that was a deer. That was a deer. You didn't see squat. I picked up my Bonchon chicken and drove on the highway back home instead. I forgot about it and went to work the next day. 
I kept thinking about it. So I told my coworker what happened and what I saw. She's into paranormal and conspiracies and told me of the Mothman seen all over Chicago, especially around the O'Hare Airport area. So throughout my research, I saw the Google Maps sighting site, and I had to reach out. Again, I never thought I would be doing this, but hey, here I am. Whatever these things are, I hope they're nice. <laughs> oh my what's this about lawn well you know it's pretty typical of what we get um people see it don't understand it try to put it out of their mind then they'll end up asking somebody or they'll do some type of search on google and it'll come up and there they are they're they're reading about the same thing they saw. So of course they're gonna report it. You, you you take these and don't take this the wrong way when I say this, but you almost take these cases like when you're talking about like, yeah, here we got another one. We got another <laughs> one. You know. Hey, guess what, Dave? We got another one. You know, like you take it so nonchalantly, and I don't mean that it to be insulting or insultive, but I mean, is is it to the point where you've got such a collection of people seeing this the same thing all over this what maybe hundred mile radius area, and nothing ever changes? There's no attacks. There's no fleeting glimpses. There's no clues. There's no footprints. There's no car uh, scratches on cars. There there's nothing going on. I mean, so how do you balance all of that? You know, you know, it's just like anything else. I mean, look, I've been doing this a long time. You know, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. But, yeah, I still like getting reports. I still like getting something way out there that just kind of puts my hair on edge. But um, for the most part, people are seeing the same thing. And um, for me, that's good because I have some type of reference to each sighting that is similar to the other one. And for the most part, and uh, it just makes you more aware that there is something really going on. And uh, after 168 reports, we believe that are viable. I, I think there's something is truly going on. And, you know, that's what we're trying to figure out at this point. It's an enigma, no doubt. It, we may not have answers ever. Uh, this thing may stop and just not show its ugly head again, but, you know, who knows? Well, why we do what we do? It's it's, it's a mystery, and, uh, you know, like I always say, it's the cryptid that keeps on giving. No, I, I get that. I, I totally get that, and it's much like Christmas time with this thing. But, but for you, uh, you know, going through this, how do you, um, how can we put this? How do you try and garner new information if the sightings are always the same? Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's my job, basically. You know, if, if I believe they're holding back on something, I will try to get them to talk about it. And um, many times that, that's just something else we can add to the story. Uh, that has happened a lot. There, there's a lot of variables with the, these encounters. I mean, you know, it may read well. Uh, 
when you read it, it sounds all the same, sounds very similar. But when you're dealing with people in person, they're listening to them, their thoughts and their even their anxiety and such. Uh, that's part of, that's part of the, uh, that's part of the story itself. And, um, that's what makes you unique. And I, I think we can, we're at a point where we can almost take that emotion and that extraneous part of the story itself and add it to the story and, uh, not feel bad about it knowing that it's something that's part of what they, you know, they're encountering. That I understand on, we have you for another 30 minutes here on spaced out radio and there is a lot more we need to talk about. I know there's going to be some audience questions for you coming up as well. But it is Halloween time, so once again, Lon wants to remind all of you that if you have any creepy, spooky stories, head on over to phantomsandmonsters.com and fill out one of the reports right there. Get into some juicy detail about what you've experienced because Lawn is one of the best places to report anything strange and weird. You can find all of Lawn's books on Amazon or, once again, his website, phantomsandmonsters.com. Strange Days with our special guest, Lawn Strickler, continues right after this. Stay tuned. This thing is moving, man. Yeah, it is. Moving. Hi, LB. I'm holding up pretty good, too. I'm kind of surprised, but. Well, you know, uh, I'll do that for you anytime, man. I'll hold you up. <laughs> How's okay. your cat? I haven't seen your cat tonight. Uh, he's over there sleeping. I fed him before we came on. I put him down for two or three hours, so he's good. I have a, uh, my daughter, uh, left her black cat here and he's got that long fur mm-hmm. and he got all knotted up through, oh. throughout the summer. And, and finally he's been allowing me to trim to get these knots out. And Oh my gosh, I took off a piece the other day. It, it had to be three inches long. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and, but I, I can't because he's a skittish cat I, mm-hmm. I, and you know, you, you have to trim around their butt. You know what I'm saying? And he won't, mm-hmm. and he won't let me. So this is my dilemma with the cat. And I've tried giving him uh Oh, what's the cat pot stuff? Kitty litter or not kitty litter. Uh, oh, and catnip. Catnip hasn't worked. Just fires him up. He's ready to party. Well, that, that's what I use for Vinny. It knocks him down. I don't know why, but it does. It not he gets he gets super cool and just he just flattens out <laughs> like kitty crack. Yeah, not for my guy, not for my <laughs> guy. He he, he he does the opposite. Instead of knocking him out, he goes on like some cocaine binge, and uh, and is like, uh, you know, all right, let's party, let's uh, let's do about seventeen laps around the house. In the next thirty seconds. Yeah, well, that's cat. Yeah, very true. Vinny just turned. Uh, he turned eighteen last month. Oh wow! Very yeah. cool. Very cool. 
How's the hauntings around your house? There haven't been any around here. Yeah. No. Locally, yeah, maybe some. I I get called into a couple local cases, but here, where I'm at, beside the cemetery here, no, we're okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Honestly, I've been here now what over five years, and I don't think I don't. We haven't experienced anything here. Nice. So, which is unusual. Butch still coming around? Butch hangs around once in a while. Um, I'll do my, I'll do my show, and I will sometimes have people tell me they see Butch back here in the hallway. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. That is very. Cool. Oh, he's hanging around. Yeah, he hasn't. Uh... Well, as you know, we close out every show with his voice mm-hmm. on, on YouTube and uh, haven't felt him around here. The The studio here has been pretty clean lately. No, I get a, um, I don't know what it is about that hallway. My wife shows up there too. <laughs> I get people telling me uh, either Vanessa or, or Butch are seen back there in the hallway while I'm doing the show. How how long since your wife passed now? To uh, November two thousand fifteen. That long ago, eh? Yeah, it's been eight wow. years. And you guys were together a long time, weren't you? Thirty three years. Wow. 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 And she had to put up with your ass for that long, eh? Yeah, she did. I, I got to give her credit for that. How did you meet? That's a funny story. Um, I was going through a divorce. Yeah. My first wife. And uh, my mother and her mother were best friends. They worked together, actually, at Sears. Oh, yeah. And uh, so my mom told me one day, she said, I was talking to Peggy the other day, and she said, you know, if Lon just wants somebody to talk to, have him give her give Vanessa a call. I had never met her before. Oh, I never met her. And uh, we got on the phone, we hit it off, and exactly a year after the, we met, we were married. Beautiful. Lon, hold on. we got 10 seconds. Thank you to our super chatters. Louis times two, La La times two, Kevin, Deb, Lord William, W. Decker, Nancy, and Gizmo. Here we go with the next half hour. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Scott, the man who wears the most tinfoil that you know. I want to remind all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. We're on every major podcast network, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and every one of them in between. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you 
Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon right now. Here we go. Final half hour with our main man, Lon Strickler from phantomsandmonsters.com as we head on over to a little monster talk that we call Strange Days. Happens every time of this month, Lon has all of his books on Amazon or on his website. Welcome back, Lon. Great to be here, Dave. Thanks for having me. Oh, we love having you here, my man. Love having you here. All right. Got any Bigfoot stories that you want to share with us? Any updates? No, nothing, nothing really. Um, all I can all I can say is I haven't been receiving a whole lot of Bigfoot reports. I know... Um, Stan Gordon has been picking up left and right. He's been picking up a lot of stuff out in Western. It's been pretty active out in Western Pennsylvania for whatever reason. Um, some of my other investigators, Sean Forker, who you've had on the show, he um, yeah, he's doing he's doing some investigations up his way. He's up in Williamsport. So, uh, but this part of the state, other than us going down across the border into Maryland, it's Hasn't been a whole lot. Why do you think that is? Are people um, seeing more, or are they, or are they? Just... I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I, I, I wish I did, but no, I don't. But we haven't. We have. Uh, we've had the only case. The only one that I had. Was the one up in, uh, and I think we talked about that last time I was on. Maybe we did up on the Appalachian Trail. Yes. Yeah, that was. Um, I now I haven't heard back from them at all, but I believe they. Uh, I believe they saw something. I mean, they mentioned that as a ten footer as well. Uh, I don't know how they figured that out though, because they got out of there pretty quickly. It didn't seem threatening. It's just one of those things. They woke up the shelter and uh, they looked down into the woods and there's a Bigfoot stand down there. Weird. Oh. Weird. Yep. You know, with hunting season. That was, just above, that was just, just above Harrisburg. Why do you think it is that, you know, like up here it's hunting season. Hunting season has mm-hmm. been going on for just over two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Why, do, why is it, do you think, that we don't have – a lot more hunters reporting Bigfoot or Dogman sightings. Oh, we do. We do. We do. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think a lot of guys who have been hunting in the woods all their lives and had never seen anything like that, that's kind of be a shock to the system, you, you know, especially in an area that you're very familiar with. And then all of a sudden, one of these things show up. I, I think most people in that case may be reluctant to mention something because of that. You know, there's a lot of ridicule, and you know that that, that plays a big part in it. You know, I hear people all the time tell me, you know, I, I just want to keep my name out of it because you know I don't want to hear all the crap that comes along with it many times. I can hear you there. I can, I can, I can totally understand, uh, totally understand why. 
once again, we're not going to be able to talk to you until just before Halloween. And, <laughs> you know, what kind of ghost stories do you like to hear? What kind of ghost stories do you usually start getting at this time of year? Well, like I said, a lot of it has to do with kids that are in college or um, in high school. And there's a lot, a lot of young adults, a lot of kids that, that do write about, I don't know if it's just because of the season or what it is. Uh, is there an intrinsic reason why it happens this time of year? Some, maybe some people, maybe it is, maybe it's uh you know, I talk about thought forms and my manifestation. Maybe it's something people just wish too hard for and something shows up. I wouldn't doubt that at all. How come? Well, I mean, you know, the human mind's, you know, pretty hard to figure out what happens in the human mind sometimes. And um, I, I think a lot of phenomena that people see or sense or, or realize are, are thought form manifestations or something that their their mind is just manifesting on its own without them being conscious of it, and they think it's real. You know, we've been talking about poltergeist forever, and that's what a poltergeist is, basically. Why can't it happen in the cryptid world or some other type of phenomenon, even UFOs? That's true. That that that's very true. I mean, why do you think it's more college kids that are reporting at this time? I don't know. That's weird. Um, uh, I don't know. Their stories are usually pretty good, though. Uh, you know, some of these dorm haunting stories are really spooky for the most part, because most of the times you get more than one person involved with it. If one person's, if, you know, if you're in a dorm and you got all these rooms, especially on your floor, and somebody in that on that floor has a haunting, well, everybody, everybody's going to know about it. I mean, they're going to eventually know about it, especially if this thing starts traveling around a bit. And many times we get, we just get these really in-depth, unexplained encounters. And, um, yeah, it's usually colleges, you know, some, some of the better, the better well-known paranormal investigators spend a lot of time on college campuses talking to people. Oh, they love it. Let's go to Android. He's got a pair of questions here. Any goat man sightings? Maryland had a wave of goat man sightings in the 1970s in the newspapers. You know that area where the sightings had, were at, were down at that um, the uh, the production lab area. We've had Bigfoot sightings down there more recently. I can't say we've had any Goatman sighting. Now, you know, it, did the Goatman actually exist? I don't know. That, I mean, it, it's it, it just didn't happen in one area. These sightings were going on up in northwest. Uh, excuse me, northeast of D.C. up into uh, Prince George's County for the most part, uh, around Laurel and Bowie, and uh, even around the old Bowie racetrack, there were a lot of sightings back in there as well. So, uh, yeah, is it a real phenomenon? Well, I mean, there were a lot of sightings. I, I, I know of at least seven or eight 
and I know others that weren't reported, but, you know, the local press, you know, they kept a good tab of what was going on, what people were reporting, and it was interesting. And, yeah, it was back in the 70s for the most part. But now we're in those same areas, we're getting Bigfoot sightings. That is very intriguing. Very intriguing. And and follow-up from Android. Sasquatch hotspots within three hours of Gettysburg. Is that Michaud Forest? Katowicin Forest? Katakin. Or Katakin. Sorry, uh, thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, Michaud State Forest is probably – the hottest spot in this part of the state. Um, I, I, I think EFRO named them at one point one of the top 10 locations in the United States. We've had a lot of sightings there. Um, Tim has a research area up there, uh, but it's it's been well known for Bigfoot sightings. Uh, and it, it's a huge, it's a huge forest too. It actually runs from just near South Mountain there in the, the Maryland lines north up into uh, uh, northern Cumberland County up around Mount Holly Springs. So uh, it's a pretty good distance. So it's a it's a big it's a big area. Uh, Katakin, well, Katakin is down in Maryland. That's down off of 15. That's where uh, uh, up in the area around uh, Camp David. And uh, there's some sightings up there. Cunningham Falls, Katakin. There's a lot of areas within three miles three hours of, of Gettysburg with Bigfoot sightings. Uh, even here, we have we have reports just south of here and up north of here. So, yeah. All right, let's go to Amy. Has the ring doorbell changed the game at all? I like that question, actually. Good question. Yeah, you know, and I have seen some things that those doorbell uh, videos have picked up. Sometimes innocuous, but some of the some of the light phenomena have been pretty interesting. Um, is it changed the game? I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe if we get a couple really really interesting sightings that are documented and can be proved to have been documented on that, yeah, absolutely. I guess it could be a game changer. A lot of people are catching strange things on those. That that's for sure. Um, yep. I want to get back to the parent, or let's, before we do that, let's go to Showtime or Shadow Time Writer here. How many personal encounters sightings have you had over time there, Lon? I've had two. I, I mean, two that I that stand out. Of course, I had the Bigfoot sighting in '81, and I had my winged humanoid sighting in '88. Sykesville monster sighting in, in 81 and then up in uh, just north of me up in Conewago Township. I've had the wing humanoid sighting. All right. I want to see a lot of, okay. seen a lot of apparitions and such, but as far as cryptids, no, those are the only two. All right. I want to sh- shift gears here back to the paranormal side, you know, cause we only got, you know, we got lots of time. we got 11 minutes left, but the main reason why I want to do that is the main shift that everybody's going to be feeling over the next little bit it, as we draw closer to Halloween is hauntings and ghosts and spirits and everything like that. 
And mm-hmm. like you mentioned a little bit earlier about co- college students, they really seem to get into this subject at this time of year. And, you know, every news outlet contacts their local paranormal team about the la- the latest local hotspot for ghosts and ghouls and goblins. And it makes for entertaining times, shall we say. But there's a lot of people out there who uh, take their story seriously and, and they maybe figure, hey, you know, I've watched these paranormal television shows. Can't be that hard what they're doing, you know. <laughs> so what what is your advice to people if they want to bring out their paranormal story and start investigating? Uh, I, I'd say the, the number one thing is if you're committed to it, then go through with it. But be committed. Know what you're going to know what you're getting into. Uh, just don't think that you can go out there and, and do anything you want, and there possibly not be any consequences. I tell anybody who gets involved with paranormal to learn how to protect themselves. A number one. That's that's yeah. That's the most important part of it. I also tell people not to provoke. I mean nothing burns me more than hearing somebody going into a location start yelling at whatever they're yelling at to show themselves or make show me a sign or this and that 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 stuff really that drives me crazy but no i i'd say if you get if you get if you think that you've got the right stuff to do this type of thing i i'd say if you're committed to it if you don't believe if, if you're not in it just to make money, which rarely any of us do any make any money. But um, I think having a very strong commitment to it. Do you believe then that that this time of year there is some sort of veil that gets thinner that opens people up to the paranormal encounters? Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, people put out a lot of energy and they, you know, what they put out can make changes. Um, I think some people may be on that level that, you know, they get more attuned this time of year and uh, they may start doing things. You know, things might show up for them, might, you know, become... I don't know. It might just show up and, you know, they get a glance of what they've been looking for. But I I don't know. I I don't know. It's hard to say. I I think, um, I I think it is possible that, that things kind of open up a bit this time of year. You know, it's, this time of year's change anyway. And, you know, I, I think the hope plays into a lot of that. And, um, it being a spooky time of the year and people like to talk about the unexplained, I, I think it very well could lead to act more activity. What, what do you want people to know about the paranormal? What would you warn people about? Um, you know, that it's tough. I, I know what I'm into it for. 
Uh, I know what a lot of other people are into it for. They just want answers. I want answers. I mean, stuff like this has been bugging me ever since I was little. You know, when you're little and you and you see a Bigfoot on TV and you're thinking, what the hell is that? And, and you listen to people talk about being abducted and you start having questions. And um, I guess I, we grew up, many of us grew up in a period of time where those questions were, were new and it was interesting to see it talking about on TV, like in search of and shows like that. And um, I, I, I think we were kind of groomed into it. I don't know if many people nowadays are groomed into it. Um, there's a lot of people that like instant gratification. So if they think they're going to go into a location and do investigations and things are going to start popping up in front of them. No, well, that's just not going to happen. I don't care how damn good you are. It's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, any encounters that I've had were never planned encounters. You know, that's just the way things work. We got you for five more minutes here, Lon. And sticking with the paranormal side of, of things, let's go to Android here. From your experience of researching, is there something to the 3 a.m. witching hour? I've known people who swear by it. Um, I have... I'm probably not even awake by that time for the most part. So I don't really know. <laughs> you know, I think after, uh, you know, I kind of consider after midnight to that period of time, maybe the most, you know, they talk about the witching out. I think there's just more, I think there's just more energy after midnight for whatever reason. I, you know, that's just the sense that I get. Uh, there may be something to that witching hour thing. I, I don't really know what it is. For me, I, I think it's because everything is quieter. There's less signals, you know, like yeah. there, there's less monitors, there's less computers on, there's less energy in the air. So that way that spooky type of energy can start crawling through. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I understand that. Yeah, that's possible. You know, some people can go in at any time and just they they feel it when it's the right time. They can they can sense things are going to happen. Um, I just don't know about three a.m. Do you believe then, or let let me ask you this question? Here's one that I've never asked you before. In regards to you know, I'm I'm sure you you over the years have handed out uh, candy to a hundreds of children who come to your door yelling trick-or-treat. And it's always a cute thing, especially when the little ones come up. Uh, I think that's what I enjoy the most is watching the, the toddlers who, you know their parents are going to eat their candy, but watching the little toddlers in their dinosaur outfits or whatever come, you know, waddling to the door and they don't even say anything, but they're just too damn cute. But have you ever seen kids in costumes where you're like, dude, you have no idea what that costume even means. And you really shouldn't be wearing it because of the baby. <laughs> have you ever had that happen? I've seen some outrageous things before. I don't know if it's just been to the degree where I I kind of reacted like that, uh, especially coming to the door. Uh, I don't know. 
Yeah, but I can imagine some things people have seen. There wasn't one that stuck out for you? Like a kid? Yeah, not really. Any you know, handing out candy, that was kind of my wife's thing. So I, you know, if there was something that she, now she would comment if it was something that she thought was inappropriate or something very strange. Now she would definitely say something. Yeah, I, I could see that. You know, around around here, uh, because there isn't a lot to do, it's funny because you'll see the 17, 18, 19-year-old kids still trick-or-treating in our area. Oh, yeah. And we, I think it's great, you know, because, you know, they kind of um, – I don't, I don't see a problem with it. Even if I had like a 35, 40-year-old couple coming up to my door getting treats on, on uh, Halloween, I think it would be great, you know, because I, I don't think it's a day just for kids. But let's get in yeah. one more question here from a Spiritual Odyssey. What do you do to protect yourself when you investigate the paranormal, Lon? I use a couple of things. I use, um, I use white light, uh, golden light to surround me, extend my aura. Um that's a mind, like a mind manifestation exercise. It's not hard to learn. I mean, anybody can do it. It's pretty effective. I use crystals just in case. Uh, I usually keep black tourmaline or two around me. I keep some others as well. Um, and, you know, this material and stuff I keep around me all in all, but those are about the biggest things. Where can people find uh, your books? Just go to famsandmonsters.com and they'll be listed there. Um, or go to Amazon, put my name in, and it'll come up. I've actually got two audio books up there now. Uh, the, um, the Alien Disclosure book and uh, the Meme Humanoid book can be found on audio book now. I love it. And what do people find at phantomsandmonsters.com? What do they find? Yeah. Uh, a whole lot of confusion. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess, yeah, I just like what people tell me. There's a little bit of everything for anybody, you know. Um, if you feel like going through the archives and going through all 8,000, and I do have to trim that down occasionally, uh, all 8,000 8, 8, plus accounts and you're welcome to it love it lon strickler it's always a pleasure to have you on spaced out radio each and every month and the good part about it is we get to talk to you right before halloween and i think that's really exciting so thank you again for coming back on strange days with us okay dave thanks for having me back on always love lon strickler here on spaced out radio the bearded legend of the cryptid world and phantomsandmonsters.com when we return on spaced out radio we're gonna head to steve stockton from among the missing for another creepy story then it's our ufo report little timmy senor our resident timbit returns from the sickness shelf to bring you the ufo news Great work, Lon. Great work, as per usual. Thank you, dude. Always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for the love, man. Uh.
<sighs> Time for you to go to bed. Yeah, I got to get up and get some. I got some x-rays I got to take in the morning, so, yeah. Well, thanks. Okay, Dave. Well, Good luck with that, and uh, uh, sending you some love and healing, buddy. You take care. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Lon Strickler, everybody. I'm going to disappear here for a couple of minutes. Freaking hot in here. I'll be right back, guys. going to open a window, too. Don't go anywhere. we got like an hour left.
All right. We're going to have fun this last hour, guys. Little Timmy Senor is here. He's coming off the DL after a weekend of sickness. Hello, Overbuilt. How you doing? Who else did I miss here? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, Dewey Cheatham. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. All right. Uh, big thank you tonight to Cat Chaser, Android, T-Bone, Louie times three, Lord, Debster, Kevin, Nancy, W. Decker, Lala times two, Mike and Gizmo for the great super chats. It really supports what we do on a nightly basis. So thank you. Join the Space Travelers Club for as low as five bucks a month. The link is below in the description on the YouTube side. And if one of our wrenches could put it up, it would be great. Otherwise, uh, it's a, it's cheap. Five bucks a month joins our club. Hi, Selena. How are you? Thank you for coming on in. And you can do some shopping at spacedoutradio.com as well. Plan for May 10th through 12th, 2024, the third annual fan party in Reno, Nevada. Here we go. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Always appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Pilot, Pilot is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can now join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. It is that time of the night where we kick off hour number three with Steve Stockton from the YouTube channel Among the Missing for another creepy story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. Next, we have the case of Chris Fowler, who disappeared October 12, 2016. 34-year-old Chris Fowler, trail named Sherpa, was completing his Nobo, or northbound, through hike in Washington on the Pacific Crest Trail. On October 12, 2016, he was dropped off near the trailhead at White Pass, Packwood, 
where he grabbed a coffee before he headed toward the Canadian border to complete the last 366 miles of his hike. Unfortunately, that was the last time he was ever seen alive. His last cell phone ping was in that area near White Pass around 5 p.m. Considerable amounts of snow and freezing rain fell over the next few days. Authorities and volunteers searched much of the trail between White Pass and the Canadian border, yet no sign of Chris was found. While official search and rescue teams under the Yakima Sheriff's Department did an initial search along the PCT from White Pass, in addition to flyovers and road searches, after the initial search, they focused primarily on the area surrounding Blowout Mountain, the location of an unconfirmed sighting by two bear hunters on October 22nd. Three years later, in 2019, Yakima County search and rescue volunteers again conducted multiple searches, led by Sergeant Randy Briscoe. Fowler said another 15 to 20 volunteers form what she calls her team behind the scenes, a coordinated effort dedicated to combing through the areas they know well. But again, nothing was found. Given the severity of the storm, had Chris had made it to Highway 410 at Chinook Pass, 28 miles from where he started at White Pass, he could have pulled out and sought refuge in town, albeit very cold, wet, and tired, as all hikers were that bailed off trail during that storm. Since he didn't do so, though, it's believed he went off trail somewhere between White Pass and Chinook Pass, 28-mile section. How far off trail is the question? Some consider any sightings from mid-October or later in any search areas north of Chinook Pass, like Blowout Mountain, to be bogus. Did Chris just succumb to hypothermia on the PCT that October? As of this recording, we have no answers. Next, we have Christopher Stephen Sylvia. He disappeared February 16, 2015, from Warner Springs, California. Chris Sylvia was hiking southbound on the PCT from Anza to Campo. He started his trek near State Route 74 in Anza on February 12, 2015, and planned to hike for at least a week before contacting his friends to pick him up. On February 16th, he called a friend and asked to be picked up the next day at the Buddhist Temple on Chihuahua Valley Road. Sylvia's roommate went to the designated spot at the agreed upon time, but Sylvia never showed up. At first, his roommate just assumed he had decided not to go to the temple after all. Search teams from Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties searched in vain for four days before bad weather forced him to suspend the search and rescue operation. On February 20th, another hiker found Sylvia's gear, including identification, sleeping bag, and backpack, laid out alongside the Pacific Crest Trail near mile marker 127, not far from Mike's place. Despite a large search effort, Sylvia was never heard from again. Chris was described as an experienced outdoorsman and his mother stated it would be uncharacteristic for him to go hiking alone or to leave his gear behind. When he disappeared, he was known to be wearing a dark colored fleece jacket, green camouflage print pants, and brown and black hiking boots. He had brown hair, hazel eyes, a mustache, a tattoo of Asian symbols on his side, and a goatee at the time of his disappearance. Ah, uh, people who just vanish. Kind of freaks you out, doesn't it? And that's why we listen to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing each and every night. And if you want more, just head on over to youtube.com forward slash Among the Missing and get tons of stories just like those on Steve's channel. 
from the missing to the mysterious, it's time to bring in little Timmy Senor, our resident Timbit, and the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Well, it's good to have you back, Tim, after you were ailing last week and had to take a night off in order to get yourselves and your wits back together. But it's good to see you looking healthy, at least. How you doing, my man? I'm getting better. Still a little under the weather, but I've been, uh, you know, I'm I'm back at the wheel. Let's just say that. It's powerful. So, good to see you, too, man. You're, You're a matched. powerful, powerful blues, man. So. Powerful man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting times right now and a lot of good things happening in, in the world and, and in the UFO world and everything. You know, after the drama we had a couple weeks ago with, you know, Jaime Maussan and the NASA stuff, it took, you know, I honestly, I took the weekend off. And let me, let me tell you what I did, Tim, because I know you'll like this because you know kind of where I live. Uh, we went up to um, do some looking around in the forest, me and my buddy Mike. And usually I'm the loud mouth because, you know, I got a big mouth. I do. I like to talk a lot. And I always take harassment from my buddies who hunt about how loud I am. Right? So here we are. We're out hunting. And I don't. I don't hunt. I don't. I'm just the spotter kind of guy and the driver because I just enjoy being out in the wilderness. And dude, I see this. I'm going to say between 300 to 350 pound bear, big black bear, big male. And I stopped my Jeep and I said to Mike, I said, bear. And he's like, where? And I said, to your right. And he's like, where's the bear? And he forgot that his window was open because I was going to film this. I was going to put it on our YouTube channel and everything. And he, as I'm reaching for my phone, he's like, where's the bear at? And the bear put, pokes its head up and just launches out of that area. Like it was like, ah, these damn humans are around. I got to get the hell out of Dodge quick. So what did I do? I took the Jeep up to try and find him. And we were sitting here going at about 10 miles an hour. Thump, 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 thump. You know? And uh, we get to the crest of the hill that he was on, and the bear looks at us again and is like, nope, no coming over here, boys. And he took off again into the trees and didn't see him again. But, man, was he big. Big, big boy. Yeah. Bear harassment. That's what that Total is. Total bear harassment. Just bear harassment. Did you use your 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 bear hands going after that bear? No, you know what? This is good. You're this is Sasquatch training is what it is. And I know Mike well and you're in good hands. I know your Jeep well. And I know you as a driver up there. And uh it's fun. You're a nutbag. This guy, you guys, he will go anywhere. It doesn't surprise me that he just took off after this bear chasing it. He says that if there's a Sasquatch out there, he's going to chase towards it. I'm like, let me out. I'll film it. 
but um there's no way i i would you you're nuts chasing bears this guy i love bears absolutely yeah, they love, love you bears. you look delicious and you're you know what they love timbits and you eat a lot of timbits don't you i don't eat a lot of timbits in fact i haven't had a timbit <laughs> since you were here oh now you're making me want a timbit this is great. well you you deserve one and and you need to you need to have one and and all i'm saying is that uh, if you were here i would i would enjoy some timbits with you I would. Good taste. That was a lot of fun. But yes, that's cool, man. And so did you get some footage of this big guy? No, no. He was too fast. He was okay. way too fast. So we we did not do a thing with him, but that's okay. That's okay. We're, we're... How did Mike feel about you driving after the bear? Oh, he loved it. Because I know Mike pretty well. He was, he was in. Okay. Oh, yeah. He loved it. I'm like, come on. Let... He was literally riding shotgun yeah i'm like come on buddy we're going after him he's like yeah let's do it and that's great yeah we caught up to him but he he took off way too fast they're he fast animals to man. do with you guys they are fast animals but and this he, was a black bear i'm assuming yeah black bear yeah big black bear wouldn't be, you wouldn't be chasing no grizz no no but i'll tell you there's something exciting about about when uh you're driving through the forest and you see something just just big and black and your eyes immediately go to it. And you're and I don't know. I get all excited when I see a nice wild animal. It's like, woohoo, there it is. There it is. doesn't matter whether it's the bears or the wild horses or a moose or, you know, even, Nature. even a deer. I don't care. It's all worth yeah. it. It's all worth it. Yeah. I saw a lot of that while I was up there visiting you. Fortunately, no bear. I wasn't eager to meet Yogi up close and personal. Boo boo, maybe, but Yogi, no thanks. But you did get let's let's be honest. When you were up here, you did get a really really nice look at some wild horses. Indeed. Oh, we got drone footage even of wild horses, didn't we? We did. I feel like yeah, yeah. yeah we got yeah. They were gorgeous. Yeah, and that was you know wild mustangs. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's something else. Pretty awesome. It was. Well, enough of the uh, the lovely nature talk here. We do got to get to uh, some UFOs uh, while we're here, and let's start. Yes. Let's start off with Britain is now urging the UK government to get into the UFO task force game. What's this all about? That's right, and supporters of um, them getting into it. Um, include people that are pushing for this to go into the Ministry of Defense, believing that it needs to restart its UAP investigations and establish some sort of task force and hold the MOD accountable for UAP, like the U.S. Congress's Armed Services Committees in both the Senate and the House. And so representatives have alleged that defense personnel relied on lazy, pessimistic, and, quote, if it can't be, so it isn't mentality, potentially missing serious foreign threats to UK territory. And so a former British UFO Research Association investigators, investigations director, Philip Mantel, believes otherwise. And so Mantel com, uh, claimed that the MOD has repeatedly claimed that no UFO, UFO or UAP sighting ever indicated a threat to the UK. And so as a result, 
they are of little significance for the defense. And so the MOD is not interested. And so a UFO task force would be pointless to create at this time. And so it's looking like it's a little bit back and forth right now. And they consider the fact that in the past, Mantle claimed that the MOD repeatedly claimed that no UFO or UAP sightings had ever been indicated as a threat, right? And so that is what is highlighted here. The same thing that we're getting here, because we know that even recently here in the United States, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, is trying to undermine Schumer and his UAP amendment, telling anyone who will listen that it would potentially hurt national security. And even Representative Mike Turner has similarly tried to kill the amendment and block the congressional UAP hearings after Grush's July testimony. And so we also know that Senator Mark Warner has tried to shut down the possibility of any UAP hearings in the Senate. And so we're seeing pushback from all sides. Now, hopefully, the UK will get some attention on this topic. And we know that even people that have historically had cases are looking to push this topic in the UK. And hopefully it won't get pushed back like we're seeing right now in the US. You know what I'm I'm seeing is we've seen the British government really dodge this UFO question up and down the road here and and not wanting anything to do with it. In fact, you know, I, I recall it was about a year and a half ago where in the House of Lords, the opposition party brought up the fact of UFOs and the defense secretary wanted nothing to do with the topic, saying we got way more issues to worry about than non-stories like the UFO subject. And yet, that's right. And then we have like the British MOD coming out and, and stating that there is a, a large proponent to these craft and these and these mysteries that are flying in the sky over there. Never mind just from Rendlesham, but other places as well. And uh, you know, you really have to uh, you know wonder why they are so staunch in their cover up. Even you know. I'll just say it. I mean, because the story's public, but the royal family is huge into UFOs. The late Prince Philip, the husband of Queen Elizabeth, his uncle watched a landing on property in one of the palaces way 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 out there and and they said that this this alien got out and looked like a looked like a farmer with overalls and everything you know, coming out of the craft. I mean, whether that happened or not, I mean, we're going back a hundred years when, when that had happened. But I mean, just the idea that there is a staunch belief, even by the royal family, that these stories and these uh, incidents are taking place. And apparently when Prince Philip died, he had quite a collection of UFO books from around the world. So for them to sit there and pull a, a NASA and say that we don't believe in any of this, we don't we don't want to talk about any of this, is a little ridiculous. Well, we know that they made their mind up back in 2009 when the MOD shut down its UFO desk. And none has ever taken place since. There's been no reopening of any kind of task force. Because before that, it conducted a UFO investigation that was very classified and in-depth at the time. 
And it supposedly looked into more than 10,000 potential sightings that took place over decades. And many of those were, in fact, reported by personnel and uh, military personnel. And the so-called Project Condine investigation concluded that 81% of sightings could easily be explained. And so 19% were caused by covert military aircraft, of which then that left 1% of origin unknown. But the MOD acknowledged that there will always be UAP and there and that, I'm sorry, and that any unexplained are probably just a, quote, unknown kind of plasma and not to cause any kind of alarm. And so the MOD has repeatedly maintained that no sighting of a UFO has ever indicated that threat that we keep kind of seeing underlined here that gets the attention politically and definitely from the government when it comes to national security, at least from us. But the question is, why are they so scared of the topic? You know, why Why not? I mean, I don't believe for a second that the UFO uh, group that they had in the MOD, the Ministry of Defense, has officially been shut down. I mean, they may say that it's been shut down just for publicity, but I mean, we heard that in the United States as well, that all of these groups were shut down, but they never really were. I mean, we're lear- look what we've learned about, about remote viewing, where that entire project was allegedly shut down after the Cold War, but now we hear that it still continues, that they're still training remote viewers. And, you know, we have a guest, Paul H. Smith, coming up in a couple of days who did a lot of that training for the U.S. government. And I'm excited to speak with him regarding this. But, but Tim, I mean, they never shut down programs. They just move them and retitle them. We've seen it many times before. That's what power brokers like the United States and the United Kingdom do. Okay, when people get too close or too many secrets are getting out, they they have this ploy where we're going to shut this down and we're going to announce that we didn't find anything. It's a waste of money, but we're just going to tuck it under the Department of Energy or we're going to tuck it under this uh, this ministry instead. That's what they do. Okay, or and I hate to say it, they hand it to NASA and ask them to create a task force and a study. Right. You know, and that can be very frustrating when that task force has no background or even fundamentally agreed on what the topic and subject matter is. I have to be very careful with what I'm going to say right here. Okay. And I, and I'm going to keep it very, very bland, but I know for a fact up here in Canada that there is a UFO desk that is completely being hidden from the Canadian government right now, completely being hidden. And this falls under the direction. Uh, let me just check my phone here because well, I what wrote would a down. desk like that serve if it's not being run by the government? Well, they don't want people to know. They don't want people investigating, especially people who are on a time limit, like politicians. They don't want those people to know what they're working on. Okay? Hmm. They don't. I have a new term for you. Um, I was looking at this. What do you think of UFOlitics? I love it. 
I mean, it's it just seems like there's such a politics to ufology, you know, and just blend them. Ufolitics it rolls a, right off the tongue. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's a it's a very very beautiful thing. But I'll tell you, there are the funny part about it is, and people trust my word on this when I say this. There are so many hidden UFO groups out there right now that are competing to try and track these to get their latest trackable innovations and radar technology up and running to try and get these UFOs, UAPs, whatever you want to call them, uh, tracked by radar tech. We don't even have a count on how many are doing that right now. And the governments, their agencies, they know all about it. When we return on Spaced Out Radio with little Timmy Senor, we're going to head off to Brazil and then UFO shapes. Do they mean anything? Spaced Out Radio right after this. Oh, hey, Clam. What's happening? Hey, Philip Blair, how, how are you, man? I like that. Ufolitics. Ufolitics. Uh, Ufolitics. That's a good shirt. I put that together earlier when I was like, I I wish I could just say, no Ufolitics. I'm not interested. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm really not interested in Ufolitics. Um, Do you like Tom DeLonge? I love his music. I I think there's two Tom DeLonge's. There's there. No, hear me out for a second. Okay. There is the incredible musician. Okay. Of blink one eighty two, that their music just, would I go see blink one eighty two in concert? Absolutely. Okay. I think they are incredible and I'm so glad that he's back with blink one eighty two. Okay. Yeah. I don't know Tom as a person. Okay, so I can't right. answer that second part. But from what I heard, right. what I've heard about him and what I've learned about his stance on UFOs, I don't like it. Well, uh, check this out. He is a director now, and he has a show coming called Monsters of California, and you can actually pre-order it. And it's um, a story about and i'll just read you the synopsis it's called monsters of california after discovering research left behind by a missing government agent dallas edwards and his misfit high school friends embark on a righteous and dangerous adventure to uncover a paranormal conspiracy in southern california that brings them face to face with some of government's most guarded mysteries sounds like it might be a little slice of his own I don't know what, but he's got actors and it's like, it's a full on production. And, and, so, and I hope he does well. Okay. I, you know, the one thing I will give Tom credit for is Tom has brought a lot of public notice to our subject. I don't, definitely. I don't like the way he did it. Okay. I think that his, his in-your-face, what-if-I-told-you-crap grew old really quick. 
uh, the pressless press conference and the way that he had the I'm better than you TTSA. I don't agree with that. I think that was quite insultive. Uh, and, and I think, unfortunately, it set a a standard where people in ufology, I'm not saying the experiencers, but I think the people in ufology um, got a real slap to the face and continue to be slapped to the face uh, by scientists, by researchers, by ex-fighter pilots, uh, because we allegedly don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we are are um, are doing in this field. Uh, we don't have the brains or the capacity to separate real science from the woo, which I think is malarkey. Okay, and yeah. I I just I and and Tom set that standard. Okay, with the TTSA, and I don't appreciate that. And the fact that, you know, I w- if Tom is so staunch that alien, all aliens are 100% evil and that we got to put nukes in space because they're afraid of our nukes, blah, 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 okay? If you're an experiencer, Tom, tell us. Tell us. Tell us your experience about why all aliens are bad, okay? That's like saying all humans are bad. I'm not saying there isn't bad ones here. I'm not saying there ain't bad aliens here, okay? We've heard the descriptions. We've heard everything that's happened to people. But I don't think that every one of them is pulling the wool over our eyes, you know, trying to to, uh, uh, hide the fact that, you know, they're playing nice to our faces, but, you know, when, when they knock us out, uh, for they've got a lot of nefarious meaning to it. I don't see it that way. Cool. Yeah. But I hope How he do does well. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to change subject. Okay. How do I feel about what? I'm getting an echo. Sorry. If you guys are getting an echo, I apologize. Um, how do you feel about Steve Barone and Clive Christopher? Don't know them. Um, Steve Barone is an independent filmmaker that films a bunch of UFOs and posts them and mm. captures them like above Nevada and stuff. Oh, okay. That's where I've heard the name. Oh, well, we got to go. We got yeah. three seconds. Cool. Here we go with the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate broadcasting to all of you around the world. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, you can always check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can also check out all of our uh, podcast format on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and every podcast network in between. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag, 
Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join our Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Here we go. We have Tim Senor and the UFO report continuing here, and we're going to head down to Brazil once again, Tim. What's going on down there? Yes. So in May of 1986, actually, Brazil's Air Force minister addressed an issue on UFO, and he convened a press conference in Brasilia to recount a a peculiar event. Five fighter jets had been deployed to chase 21 unidentified flying objects, and despite their best efforts, the jets failed to catch these elusive entities. Years later, this captivating narrative surfaced in a public report, and anyone with internet access can peruse it via Brazil's National Archive. And so, interestingly, NASA's recent focus on UAP has drawn global eyes to this archive that's recently and always been available, but is recently being uh, looked into, um, compiled by the Brazilian Air Force for over six decades. The record is extensive, and it specifically holds 20,000 pages relating to 743 incidents from 1952 to 2016. And so the U.S. the U.S. has indeed followed suit with this investigative journey, and NASA named a director to lead the research on such phenomenon. And so, remarkably, Brazil took a similar approach back in the 1960s, commanding the efforts with a military, military officer who helmed a special unit stationed in Sao Paulo. And so these UAPs and UFOs, as we're calling them, aren't necessarily from other planets. They might well be drones, weather balloons, or even natural phenomenon. Brazil, a country rich in cultural beliefs, has been cautious in linking UFOs with extraterrestrial life. One incident does stand out and has been labeled as the official night of the UFOs, and that occurred in 1986. The Brazilian military wrapped up their investigation by describing the objects as solid and showcasing intelligent movement. And so, Dave, it's really important to bring up the fact that Brazil has always had these case files available to the public, and just now the Brazilian Senate is showcasing it and trying to push this forward again in South America and trying to bring this topic to light that there is, in in fact, credible investigative history that people can look into. No, and I think Brazil has been a a very silent leader all along that we've kind of ignored for some reason. You know, I mean, there are so many strange happenings down in Brazil, and, and I don't know why we focus on it, but we always hear... Tim, and I don't know if this is conspiracy theory or this is actual reality, but I have heard so many stories, and of course they're anecdotal, they're uh, people from people who know people type of stories that we get a lot of in this field, that there always seems to be some sort of American-type delta force going down there because of all the UFO activity and extraterrestrial activity that seems to be going on down there. Uh, Jody Cook from the North American Dogman Project has a couple incredible stories regarding that. 
uh, including getting contacted from people who heard him as a guest on this show. And this is going a few years back. But, I mean, I don't know what it is with Brazil, Argentina, Peru. They seem to have so much high strangeness going on around there regarding their the aircraft that are being seen in the sky that look very anomalous, okay, UFOs or whatever we call them, okay, to alien contact, to these little villages being haunted and, and troubled by some sort of extraterrestrial species, not illegal gold miners who wear jetpacks. Sorry, it's not them. That is still the greatest excuse I've ever heard, by the way, next to swamp gas. But, I mean, what do you think is going on down there? What seems to attract all of these these strange happenings down there, man? Well, I think the transparency that the government has shown with the cases that it has, whether they're military or public, shows the fact that they're willing to discuss it, at least. And the fact is, is if they've been collecting these since the very beginning, then we know that at least a handful of them, even if it is 1%, could potentially be extraterrestrial. Now, I know they don't like to connect the two because of potential religious beliefs, but you and I both know that 1% could potentially be that ET uh, case. And so the fact that we have all of these to look through, I think, is great. Um, now, I, w- I grew up watching you know, sci-fi and stuff like that, too, and I remember there was one um, in particular that you know kind of harkened to the concept of there being a secret base in South America somewhere. And I'm not sure if it was contact or a film like that, but um, something like that definitely could take place simply because um, it's so easy to hide potentially in the jungles. Now we also know that the water and the oceans and lakes and things like that are also potential hiding spots. If this is a real presence that's trying to hide itself. So there's lots of um, places for it to hide if it wants to there. Now, um, we know that some historical artifacts have come from there. There have been a lot of historical crashes. And now we even have mummies that could potentially have been found in Nazca areas. So I'm not saying they're real or not, but we know that South America historically has a lot to do with this subject. And I agree with you, man. I agree with you. I mean, the question is, when can we get something that is provable? Because everything that comes out of there, take, for instance, this latest incident in in Peru where, you know, the, those mantid-like beings were said to be attacking villagers. I mean, that was a hot story about a month ago. And, you know, it was it was fun watching it. It really was fun, you know, getting those updates on Twitter and everything that was happening down there. It was exciting. And... Then it came out about the illegal gold miners wearing jetpacks, and that's what the aliens were, yeah. you know? But yeah. <sighs> and just like the Las Vegas story with aliens that have landed, I feel like it does hurt the topic, and it definitely, you know, takes eyes off the ball. And so it's frustrating when we get false claims of extraterrestrials and big things like that. Because these are big, big claims, and we know they're probably not true. Because that's just not how this phenomenon tends to work. But, but so, Tim, Tim, one second here, though. You just made me think of something. Sure. I mean, could we 
maybe not value the stories and the encounters that are happening down there because we don't get good film. It's like we have all the good cameras in North America and they're still using an iPhone three down there to record. Yeah, no, they sent a team down after and um, you know, there've been reliable sets of eyes on that location. Same way the Las Vegas story had reliable eyes in there to vet the story and interview and do a deeper dive. And unfortunately, you know, each time it kind of pans out to be something mundane or just nonsense or, you know, something to scare people or hype. Right. And, you know, even with the recent mummies, they could be a thousand years old. Right. But they were probably a representative of something, you know, that somebody had made potentially. This is just my theory, you know, but it's interesting that they were made because they were created to look like something that potentially they saw. So, you know, there's always something more to the story. And, you know, this is just one more little uh, strata to everything. Um, I find it all very interesting, but it's distracting from the real topic, which is we need the science. You know, we need the evidence. And until we take it seriously and stop getting nonsense in the headlines, it's just going to keep floating and there'll be more ammunition for them to kick this topic back and not take it seriously. All they need to do is point to any of these headlines for them to say that, is this what you want us to be considering when we're trying to put a budget together to fund a task force? It's a little bit disheartening. All right, let's move on to our final story of the night about the shapes of UFOs. This is an incredible uh, type of story that we're picking up here because, you know, a lot of people see a lot of different shapes flying in the sky from black triangles to black boomerangs to, to orange rods to silver orbs to, you know, the classic disc shape. You know, this is... This is a story I find very interesting, Tim. Me too. And as I was reading through it initially, I realized that it was missing one fundamental part. And that is that it didn't have a subcategory here of UFO and UAP. And you and I have kind of designated and delegated those two out, whereas one is probably mundane and ours, even if, you know, it might be weather phenomenon, but it's something explainable and not UFO, whereas UFO is something that moves oddly and is probably from somewhere else. Now, I almost considered this part of our talk almost a game, like UFO or UAP. You know, um, the answer will never know. <laughs> UAP or UFO. But um, shapes in the sky are interesting, and UAP sightings have been reported in various shapes over the years. And so there's a list here given to us from newspaceeconomy.com. And so the research is showing that a disc or a saucer is perhaps the most iconic UAP shape, often described as a flat or circular object with a dome top. However, sightings of disc-shaped UAPs have become less frequent in recent years. And so, Dave, feel free to stop me at any time here. No, you keep going, man. I'm listening away. All right. All right. All right. I hope my scratchy voice isn't bothering you. So, secondly, they have a classification here of a cigar or cylinder. And the cigar-shaped UAPs resemble elongated cylinders or tubes. 
and they're reported less frequently than other shapes, but have been observed on occasion. So thirdly in this list, we have the triangle. And so triangular UAPs have been reported relatively frequently and often with lights at the corners. Now, these sightings sometimes correlate with military aircraft, such as stealth bombers. And I'll just add a side note here. Sometimes have been reported in groups and with other little uh, orbs flying in unison with them. And that comes later in this article, but I probably won't get to it. And the next is sphere or orb. Yeah. which is a spherical or orb-shaped UAP, and are reported uh, fairly regularly and would be considered the highest reporting um, when it comes to UAP. They can be solid or translucent and are often described as glowing or emitting light. And so elongated or oval UAPs also are reported, some being described as resembling an oval rather than a perfect circle. And so these are, can often be egg-shaped as well. And these sightings are relatively common. Uh, irregular shapes. Now, this is a category that's nonspecific, obviously, but they are described as amorphous or potentially constantly changing in this bracket as well. Now, these are less common but have been reported such as objects that seem to morph as they're being viewed. Now, other shapes have been reported. Witnesses have reported a wide range of other shapes, including diamonds, boomerangs, and they're often less common that change shapes throughout the sighting. But um, these are considered more fringe cases. Now, it's important to emphasize that the relative frequency of the shapes can vary by region and time period, which is interesting. And so a lot of the sightings remain unexplained or lack sufficient evidence to to determine the nature. And so um, a lot of the sources here are reliable UAP News Center, Black Vault, Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, and New Fork for what we just discussed here. And so, Dave, the shapes are important. But along the way, we can definitely see some of these can fall under UFO and UAP. And it can be so hard to distinguish. Perhaps the only way to distinguish is in how they move, right? Well, I mean, we also have to remember that a lot of what people are seeing, especially when it comes to orbs, if if, if it's way up in the sky, unless you have a psionics camera or binoculars that you can zoom in on, you know, your phone isn't going to do it justice. I'm sorry, your phone's not going to zoom in, but you don't know what you're looking at. You may be looking at three different lights that are blending together or more lights that are blending together from an actual some t- sort of silent craft, okay? I mean, Tim, you saw that when you were up here when we were, we were conducting an experiment and you, you put your psionics camera up above because you saw a bright white light and it when, the minute you zoomed in on it, you realized that it was a craft, not just an orb or, or a fairy or, or something else flying by, right? I mean, we we have seen things like that before. You know, just you can't tell with the human eye what it is. You, you just can't. I mean, I can understand where the orbs would be something that, that is highly questionable. 
right? And if you don't know anything about, and you don't have to be a brainiac about it, but if you if you know a little bit about aeronautics or what's flying around your house, do you have an airport around your house? What kind of airplanes fly there? Is it helicopters? What does a helicopter sound like? What is a what does a Cessna 182 sound like? What does a a a Hercules aircraft sound like? Or if you live by a military air uh, base. You know, what do the different jet fighters sound like? Because an F-15 sounds different than an F-16 compared to an F-22 compared to an F-35. So you have to have, you know, a, a little bit of a little bit of research just kind of clarifies a lot of this knowledge. But if you have something that is flying over you silently, like these orbs or these black triangles, you probably are seeing something that Maybe you're not supposed to see, or maybe you're supposed to see it, but other people aren't, especially if you're in the middle of nowhere. That's right. And you also, you know, now with cell phones, we have the technology to rule things out. We have apps with satellite trackers and stars, uh, star maps and things like that. But, you know, just to finish the thought that you had there, the reason that we knew it was something else was because it turned into a ring of lights, immediately slowed down and started coming down in the forest. I mean, Dave, when something like that happens, then you're creeping into it's definitely not. Well, you just told me some news I didn't know. (laughs) That's how we knew it was something special. Okay, so two minutes left. You open the can of worms. You got to tell this story. That's it. That was literally it. It was the light that you just described you know, that we captured on psionics and it just kind of slowed down and turned into a ring of lights right in front of us on our cameras. And of course I and missed it. Came down into the forest. You uh, called it down. You it were, come, was um, it over? You know, t- hold on a second. Did this come over top of us? Well, yeah, you were in sensory depth at the time. Right. And I, you had said bright white light at the time that I was filming the bright white light. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I didn't know that it came down. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and um, I was hanging out with Sam, describing it and filming it, and uh, yeah, we had, oh, I think Mike was over there with me, too, because you'd sent us away. Well, you know what? It is that time of night when we see certain people enter our (laughs) chat room to say, hello, how are you, to all the agents and agencies out there at this time who are tuning us on in. Give us a call sometime. And let us know how you're doing. We don't need to give you the number because you already have it. You know, and remember, some of us can be bought. Some of us can. You know, we don't know who, but some of us could be. You never know. Everybody's got a price, just like Ted DiBiase used to say. Remember the million dollar man in wrestling? Ted DiBiase. Everybody's got a price. Sorry, buddy. No, it was beautiful. Good stuff. This has been a good talk, man. Look at Ross Thanks Dogs here. You're in my you. Rolodex. Oh, I uh, I believe that, Ross. <laughs> I believe that. You know, should have him on speed dial. This guy, say he hi. knows so much. Say hi to NSA guy and uh, random guy for us, if you don't mind. We'd Double wave him. for those guys. Double fist pump. Double waves. Tim, it's been a great show. Thanks, buddy. Thank it's you. Been fun hanging. Thank you for uh, coming on in and telling me something that I experienced that I didn't even know. I appreciate that. You're going to see it soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I believe I will. I believe I will. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I can't. You know what? I, I got to say, Tim, without saying anything, I'm going to be very vague here. I cannot wait for our to be able to explain to our audience what we did. I cannot wait. And it's yeah. going to be amazing. Be we put things on camera, people, that are not supposed to be on camera. And you can thank this guy right here, little Timmy Senor, for making it happen when it does happen. Thank you, Tim, for a great UFO report. We'll see you next time. What a good show. Tim Sedor breaking some news. Vaughn Strickler, another great guest. And Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is Watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in, at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGABS, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter, at hashtag spaced out radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night.